In this episode, we talked to Jama Ross from the Jama Ross YouTube channel. Be sure to go check it out. We'll link it down in the show notes. He talks a lot about SEO, especially when it comes to running SEO for uh, his client work, how he's able to get them some super, super massive gains, um, the type of technical stuff that he uh, does to websites to make sure that none of that is a reason why it's not ranking, and how he's gotten some uh, of his clients up to over a million clicks in their lifetime, which is pretty amazing. And he has all these case studies and stuff on his YouTube channel, so be sure to check it out. But in this amazing interview, we talk quite a bit about his strategies on how he uses SEO to really bring so much traffic and business to his clients. So for example, we do talk about the 1 million click case study that he talks about, the types of things that he did that he's noticed that really worked to get that business up and running. We talk about his types of, uh, or method, I should say, of keyword research. How does he determine search intent? The things that he's noticed when he's written some articles that ranked and some articles that didn't. Um, his his refresh strategy for content when he gets a new client and exactly you know what their content looks like on their website and things that he can do to change it so that he can get more traffic to it. We talk about a very interesting take that he has on snippets, what he does specifically to make sure that he can get the snippet more times than not. We talk about his backlink strategy. This wouldn't be an SEO uh, podcast if you didn't talk backlinks. But yeah, we talk about his backlink strategy, what he does for link building. Um, how does he get good links for a particular site that are also relevant, not just high authority, but relevant as well. And then, you know, because of where we live right now in, in the landscape of SEO, uh, we talk about AI, we talk about BARD, um, we talk about ChatGPT, we talk about where AI is going, um, what kind of content we might need to shy away from, he talks about in this episode as well, so that we can kind of be future-proof for, for us SEOs who are trying our best to try to get our pages to rank. So it's an amazing episode, definitely go check it out. Um, before we dive into it, I do want to remind you that I do have a new community that we're coming out with over at bloggerevolution.com slash oneblogger way is bloggerevolution.com slash one blog away. One of the things that I really hate about you know a lot of these free information that you might find like in Facebook groups or whatever is you ask questions and then you get an answer but then who's to say that the answer that you're getting is correct especially when they're probably not any further along in their businesses than, than you are right so it's nice to get some real good targeted information from people who are actually doing this blogging stuff full time and that's the community we're trying to build over at bloggerevolution.com slash one blog away be sure to go check it out um, we are still in the midst of launching it so if you get there and you see like a landing page um um, just go ahead, sign up. You'll get you'll be one of the first people to uh, have the opportunity to join and be able to get some real help for your business. The whole idea is to get our blogging and niche sites up to uh, over $100,000, you know, to a point to where we can replace our incomes with it, you know. So be sure to go check it out. Bloggerevolution.com slash one blog away. A link will be down in the show notes. And welcome back to the Blogger Evolution podcast. My name is Chris. And here we have the privilege of speaking with Jama Ross from the same name, the YouTube channel, the Jama Ross YouTube channel, where he talks about SEO and growing sites, working with clients, and how he's able to give them some pretty, pretty outstanding results. I reached out to him because the content on his channel is so amazing, and I wanted to just pick his brain, and that's what we're going to do today about SEO and a few other cool things that I might have up my sleeve that I didn't tell him about. But anyways, <laughs> uh, thanks so much for being on the show, Jama. Yeah, dude. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. So if you don't mind, just give people like a quick uh, uh, background as to how you got into SEO, where you are now with it, and maybe a little bit of the successes that you've had so far. Yeah, for sure. So I started in the SEO space um, by, I think I, I started with dropshipping first and um, had a pretty rough time spending a lot of money on Facebook ads. And I basically wanted to to find out how to like grow online for free. Uh, I'm sure we've all put in that keyword inside of Google. Yeah. And, uh, and I found SEO. And so I went on YouTube, started learning about it, um, did, the, did the classic process that everyone does. And then I put those skills to the test. And the first kind of case study, which is actually I have a video on this, was um, creating a, a, a fake website for, or I guess a real website for a fake business um, in the area that I was living in at the time, which was in Vancouver. And so in Canada. And so, and so yeah, so I made this, I made this website that was representing a fake dentist and I tried to rank it with the basic things that I knew. Um, I also learned, I happened to start off with Black Hat as well. So I built a little PBN at the start 
And then a couple months later, I kind of forgot about the website. So I built those PBMs, built a bit of content, built a Google My Business. Um, a couple months later, I started getting emails and like calls directly to my phone because I had added my phone number to this Google My Business. Um, and it was real people that wanted to speak to this dentist, right? And and I honestly didn't know what to do. I, I didn't even expect that website to rank. Uh, but yeah, after a couple of months, it was number one in the area, um, which was uh, which was solid. And, and that kind of like proved my first um, case study. And then from there, it's kind of grown. Uh, I've, I've worked in a startup as a head of SEO. And then halfway through that, I also started a YouTube channel, just talking about different case studies, how I, how I work and, and, and how I do SEO. And, and so far, so good. Uh, channel's growing quite a bit. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I get to speak to amazing people like you. So it's, it's phenomenal. Oh, shucks. Stop. <laughs> I like how you kind of um, uh, channeled your inner uh, cow roof by just creating, you know, just random stuff on the Internet that doesn't even exist and yeah. still ranking it and getting calls yeah. for a, a fake doctor. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, I did like how you, uh, you know, you said you went the ads route. A lot of people go to ads route. I went the ads route right. and you just realized that, you know, free leads are so much better. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Getting free leads is so much better. Like. If you, I mean, I know if you had to choose, you definitely go with the freeway. But because of how ads can do stuff so much faster, right. do you think that's worth it, or do you think SEO is like always the way to go? I mean, listen, I think I think a powerful marketing strategy has both, right? If if you're someone yeah. that can afford both, and you also have uh, a time frame that allows for an SEO strategy to develop, then then I would work with both. But obviously, if you're if if your wallet uh, doesn't allow you to like fully invest in, in, in paid, then, uh, putting in just a little bit of money sometimes isn't worth it. Right. I think I've seen the most success with paid when, when clients are willing to invest a lot of money and they're willing to invest in tests and, and to properly see that channel grow. Um, so yeah, unfortunately I hate to say it, but it depends. Uh, but I would also say that I, I'd probably do both. I'd probably do both. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. It's, um, I like to use SEO as like, the proof of concept, yeah. and then you kind of put some, you know, add some fire to that by infusing paid ads, and yeah. usually you can start to really start to scale from that. Mm -hmm. So, all right, cool. All right, so let's go ahead and um, so first of all, I, I did want to mention this, you know. So when I watch your YouTube videos, I yeah. must say your hair is amazing, right? <laughs> You're outstanding. Like I, I find myself oh being hypnotized by the hair. <laughs> So how do you keep your hair so perfect, man? It's, it's great. Man, I don't know. I don't know. I've gotten, I've gotten a few comments about it already, and it stresses me out because there's, I don't know. I think I've just been, I've been blessed with, with nice hair, and I'm super grateful <laughs> for it. Um, but I'm scared. I'm scared to go bald the whole thing. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's really cool because, uh, you know, you, you watch the hair, basically. You need to play that. You know, makes, you, got, you need some merch now, you know, <laughs> with, with, with the hair. That's a the, good uh, idea. Yeah, like no, it's a it's, it's a good draw. It's a good draw. Anyway, I digress. All right, let's go ahead and jump into SEO. Yeah, all right, let's do it. so you work with a lot of uh, clients. You work with a lot of people, and you've had some pretty amazing results with them. I remember watching a video of yours where, um, you know, over the last few years, you had one client break a million clicks, which yeah. is pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and you had another one who was also having some good success. I can't remember right at the moment, but mm -hmm. let me ask you this. You know, of these success stories, what would you say has been the, the biggest contributing factor to their success with SEO? Yeah, that's a that's a phenomenal question. And and I think the quick answer is content. It's content. I'm very big on content, writing high quality content, writing structured content, content that's properly optimized. Um, whenever link building is necessary, that's also something that happens, right? But I think and this is what I try to convey in all of my YouTube videos and, and on my YouTube channel, that content is is the bread and butter. Um, and if you're not thinking content first, then uh, then then you might not be thinking the right way. I don't know. That, that's that's where I've seen the most success, just diving deep into just, content. It's good yeah. content. Gotcha. Yeah. So what makes good content, John? I mean, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> let's see. I I mean, I, I hate to be the guy that... that that says the the classic SEO thing, right? Right, content's better than your competitors, but but it's true. It's true. Like if you haven't done the proper research to see what your competitors are writing and how they've written it uh, before you create your content, then you're doing it wrong. Also, um, I'm a big believer in in finding out all the little things that they haven't mentioned um, and and trying to 
not, I don't want to say 10 X because 10 X is, is very difficult, right? especially now when things are more competitive, um, but improving that content, going deeper, finding a different angle, giving it some type of twist, um, some type of insight that, that maybe they, they haven't added. Um, I think that's what makes it, what makes it different. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. Um, because you want to try to find that unique angle because, you know, I see this, this weird circle, you know, with, with tools such as Surfer SEO and yeah. Phrase and all of these market muse, you use these tools and they analyze the front page of Google and you tend to just regurgitate what's already out there. Um, so even though these tools are super powerful and, you know, like of all of them, probably my favorite is probably Phrase, right? Cause I use it okay. on most of my stuff, but nice. I'm curious, how do you, prevent you know that that great content production from just becoming the same thing that's already rewashed on google yeah honestly that's that's something that's um it's one of the biggest problems in content now and and with uh, with the rise of ai content generators it's going to be it's going to be crazy right because there's just going to be this massive influx well it already it already exists but this yeah. massive influx of content that's that's very similar and kind of like low quality and i think um the best way of of kind of beating that that trend is is working with a writer and an actual writer that knows what they're talking about that is an expert in that subject they'll know how to how to take that content to, to the next level right you can't do everything as a business owner uh, who's also doing all these other things that's why i like to work with um with content writers uh who who, who know exactly how to communicate all the, all the different things that that should be uh, being communicated Sorry gotcha. to give you so, a generic answer there, but <laughs> no, no. Well, it, it, see, that, that's my job. I'm supposed to come in and and, <laughs> and it, take try to get out the yeah. specifics on it. So basically, what you're saying is to create good content, it's best to come up with something unique, right? Best to yeah. actually sit there and brainstorm um, and a, a proper angle that you can go at that it may not be covered so far yet yeah. on that yeah. front page. Now, I know you got to be careful with that, right? Because you have this whole thing that's called search intent. And if you stray too far off the mean, then you end up not providing what Google actually wants. Yeah. So how do you determine search intent, but then stay close enough to not be going too far with something that's so unique that it's not even what Google is looking for? Yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky. I mean, the boundary should be pretty clear, right? Right from the, right from the get-go when you're taking a look at a keyword. Um, just by taking a look at the results, seeing what people are talking about, um, you shouldn't you shouldn't have to stray too far from 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 the mean, right? To to create something that's better than everybody else. Um, I also want to say that oftentimes, what I've I found a lot of success with is the actual structure of the content, um, adding things like snippet bait, um, allowing allowing the content to kind of perform not only. Uh, based on the quality, but also on how uh, the on-page is is set up, right? I think I've seen a lot of success with that, getting featured snippets where clients just hadn't put things in the right places um, and you just show up with a blog post and you just kind of take over that keyword. Um, so, so yeah, so to answer your question, the search intent should be pretty clear right from the get-go. Uh, you don't want to stray away too too far from that. Uh, but also an additional thing is is working on that on-page and and... And yeah, making sure that that's good to go. Yes. So you're looking at the front page and you're looking to see what's already there and then determining the search intent from that. So if if you Google a phrase and they're all talking about, you know, yellow squirrels, you're like, hey, that might be the search intent for this. Sure. And you will somehow find a way to include it in your article. Right. Now, right. you said an interesting word, um, snippet bait. Right. Right. So yeah. uh, could you explain what snippet bait is? Yeah. So snippet bait basically has to do with... Uh, literally just that so bait for featured snippets right so there's quite a few ways that we can do this the the most common way and the, the way that i've seen most success with is uh paragraph snippet bait uh which is basically um you want you want your paragraph to come up as a featured snippet so you add the answer uh to that specific keyword in a short i forget exactly what it is i think it's maybe 40 to 50 characters um, or 40, 50 words, sorry, right under some type of subheading, right? So answering that question directly. That's the that's the most popular, I'd say, uh, type of snippet bait. And what you do with that is you basically give Google a really clear signal that the answer that the people are looking for with that keyword is found exactly in that spot on, on that page, right? 
So the main reason for having that that chunk of content is is to get that snippet bait. Uh, you can also you can also get snippet bait with videos. You can get snippet bait with lists, uh, with tables, right? It's just making sure that the page is properly formatted to to come up for those for those featured snippets. Gotcha. Do you do anything special like put it in bold or make sure it's in a certain spot on the page? No, I just I like to flood my long form content if it's super long. Uh, I like to flood it with subheadings that include some type of keyword variation in it. And I know that almost sounds like I'm keyword stuffing, uh, but it's it's more just making sure that the page is properly broken up. Also for the reader, right? If you have 8,000 words of content, uh, breaking it up into different sections with headings, it's also easier for them to read. But um, but yeah, that's that's the main thing that I do is I'll have a heading and then I'll have some type of snippet bait, right? Whether that's a list, whether that's a paragraph or a table, um, that will do quite well. Yeah. 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 A snippet doesn't always have to be a paragraph, right? It can no. be yeah. anything. It can be like, like you said, a list. It can be a, uh, a, a, a video or something, a yeah, table. Yeah. Exactly. So now some people can hear that because, you know, you answer that question really early in the article, but I want people to read my whole article. Why don't I just right. put it at the end? I mean, yeah, I, I think that's more, I think that depends more on the flow of the article more than anything, right? Uh, you also don't want to just like stuff a bunch of snippet bait throughout the article because then the article doesn't really make sense um, for the reader either. So, so yeah, I think you just have to be mindful of, of the flow of the article and, and how, how it reads. Yeah, yeah. Well, that makes plenty of sense. And just make, make sure it works best for the reader, I would assume, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. All right, so let's shift gears a little bit. You did mention um, you did mention AI a little bit before, yeah, and yeah. I don't know if you've seen like you know I'm, I'm sure you've on. seen Chat GPT, but uh, Google on. just talked about their whole Bard thing yeah, that that's yeah, coming yeah, out yeah. and all of this stuff. Are you worried about that at all when it comes to content creation online? Um, I mean, in terms of content creation, I'm I'm not super worried. I think more than anything, it's gonna it's going to do great things because it's going to be able to help people um, not only create content more efficiently, uh, but it's also going to help speed things up. Now, is there going to be a problem inside of Google? I think that that problem already exists, right? The whole low quality content, that's something that yeah. that people are already trying to churn as much content as possible, as quickly as possible, right? This just like adds a different gear to it. Um, I am worried that... Uh, a lot of people are getting into the space without really acknowledging um, what's important. So I think a lot of people are going to get hurt by just trying to publish as much content as possible without thinking about on-page, without thinking about link building, right? There's a lot of focus on just like, oh, you can just generate so much content now. Uh, but generating just, but only generating content without acknowledging all the other parts of SEO, um, you're not going to see great success, right? So mm -hmm. so yeah, that's, that's where I see it. But I, I personally see it as a good thing. Um, most of the time it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Bard, right? They, they announced it today, but not too much info on it either. Um, also Bing just came out today that they were talking about, um, or no, they, they, they officially talked about the fact that they're linking chat GPT, uh, with Bing and you could use it today or there's a wait list or something. I haven't had time to take a look at it yet, but yeah, but yeah we're going to see what that looks like in terms of the search results. Are there going to be even less clicks? I have no idea, right? That's gonna. Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing that uh, it's questionable. Yeah, and I'm gonna be honest. Like, it's it's kind of weird, right? Because um, I have one of the uh, Chrome plugins where you ask a question to mm -hmm. Google, and it'll actually, you know, ChatGPT will give me the answer right there. But in a lot of instances, you know, it, you know, when you Google something, Google will tell you, "Oh, we found this in point zero 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 one second or something like that," right? Yeah. It's something ridiculously low. But when I write it, I have to wait for ChatGPT to, to tell me what it is right. um, because they have to type it out. Now, granted, I know it's going to get faster over time and things mm -hmm. like that, but maybe I'm just, you know, I am, I'm, a, I'm an old school blogger, I guess you could say. I like to do things, you know, kind of right above board, even though I still have some gray hat slash black hat type yeah. tendencies sometimes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think there's still going to be a contingent of people who are just looking for a list of websites so that they can make their own determination versus just what an AI tool thinks it needs to be. Yeah. So with that said, there's a um, one thing that uh, Bard actually, that's the, the AI tool that Google is releasing. Um, one thing that they are catching a little flack for early on is that they're not referencing the sites in which they're getting the, yeah, yeah, uh, they're getting the stuff from their, yeah. um, their content from. Um, 
is 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 that right? Is is Google doing something shady? What what do you think? I don't know. I honestly haven't had enough time to to take a proper look at it, but but it, I did see that that uh that Bing was referencing all, all the different websites and uh yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if Google's uh if Google's like slow to react to to uh everything that's happening with opening with OpenAI. I'm not sure if they were ready. No, um, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there's a lot of people on Twitter just saying saying that that it's Google, you know, Google's been in the AI space for years and, and they're way more advanced than open AI, but still they're not reacting, uh, in, in the Google fashion, you know, uh, yeah. I'm seeing a lot on Twitter that, that Bing just Googled Google. Uh, so, yeah. so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't Google know. has be been, I think 25 years or so now, or close to it, Google has been basically the king of search, yeah. you know, um, and you can look at that as, okay, they're the old men that they're about to just get put out the pasture. Or you can look at it as though they really know what they're doing. They're just taking a more slow and methodical right. approach to it. But while this clash of the titans, you know, billions of dollars being thrown everywhere, you have us niche site guys, you know, who are creating small niche sites right. about particular topics. And we're like, well, where are we going to fit into this? I know you have mm-hmm. a lot of clients who have their own services mm-hmm. and products that they're promoting. How do you think AI is going to affect niche websites? Well, for example, I'm actually I'm actually working on a on a little side project, a little affiliate website right now, and and I'm using uh, OpenAI, just the OpenAI APIs to to help me build content um, mm-hmm. for a lot of these pages. So I think in terms of, so sorry, was the question in terms of uh, ChatGPT versus Bard, or was it more just like AI content? Yeah, like AI content in terms of how it'll affect um, niche websites specifically versus a site that has their own uh, mode of uh, uh, monetization. Like, I know you work with a lot of clients who have their own services. They have Mm -hmm. their own products that they promote. But, you know, we have these niche site guys like myself who, you know, pick golf and just create a site on it and pick, you know, all these uh, bowling or something and do that. Is, um, do you think SEO and AI it's going to completely stomp us out or is it just another opportunity for us? What are you thinking? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm thinking that a lot of the uh, informational type queries are, are not looking very good, are not looking very good. If there's a way for, uh, for these AIs to give you a quick answer, um, then, then it's, it's kind of complicated. The difference here is I think when you're looking at something that's more subjective or something that's comparative or something that's, yeah. Uh, probably relevant to to a niche website, right? Where you are comparing different things or you're reviewing something. That's something that the AI can't do or can't do yet, at least, unless they start pulling data um, directly from these websites. Um, so yeah, I think, I think yeah, if, if you're targeting a lot of these informational keywords, it, it might not be looking too good. Yeah, I mean, I can see kind your point. Scary. Yeah, it's kind of scary. I, I can see your point there. Um, but I mean, I've been doing SEO since about 2015, okay. and there is a cataclysmic end of the world scenario that comes out every single year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sure. I'm curious if this is just one of those, or if it really is, you know, something that we should be worried for. And when I look at my analytics, for example, I, I pull up an inside and look at my analytics, and you know, a well-written article that's informative that gets to the that gets to the point, but then adds extra stuff. People can stick around six, seven, eight minutes on mm-hmm. an individual page, and yeah, it would be nice to get that quick answer, you know. But I don't know if the quick answer people are the people I want on my site, anyways. Yeah, right? No, and that's true. I'm curious if that's. I, I, I like to think that the people who actually stick around on the content and actually read what I have to say based on my experience, right? Not just regurgitating information, but um, actually, you know, hopefully being in the niche, you know, and actually mm-hmm. working towards it and with it can help separate you by building an actual brand rather than just spitting out information. What do you think? Am I off base with that? No. Yeah, no, I'd have to agree with that. And and also in terms of the SEO is dead, that, that comment, I think that's, yeah, that's something that happens every year, right? There's always some yeah. type of update, some type of news where everyone's like, well, it's time to pack up, do something else. Uh, but, but, uh, but we're going to see, we're going to see how, how this, how this evolves. Um, I still think we're going to be doing SEO for, for quite a few number of years. So shouldn't be stressed about that. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, the quality of traffic that comes to your website. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've had some sites that got you know maybe not demolished by an algorithm update, okay. but got hit a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. But then I noticed that in some instances, the revenue on the site increased. Really? Or it at least stayed the same. So that makes me believe that the type of content, or sorry, the type of traffic that was coming to the site mm-hmm. that I lost out on, maybe Google made an adjustment here or there, um, it didn't affect the revenue, which means they're still sending me to people who need to come to my site, right? Yeah. And uh, I'm wondering if that's like part of it as well, because I don't know if you saw, I think Matt Diggity just recently released a video where he created an AI site. Yeah. Where he just he claimed he just pressed a couple of buttons and yeah. got the site up back in like last March of twenty twenty two or something, and the site's up to eight thousand a month already. Um, the only difference said that he made sure that he infused a human in it, right, mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. to actually go through the process. So the model still works. He could probably sell that site at eight k. You know, that's you know three four hundred thousand dollars site. So it makes me wonder, like. Even though these things are happening um, and maybe informational content might be a little bit at threat, as long as you know how to run a website and build a brand, then I think we're, there's still going to be a need for us. Yeah, of course. Yeah. No, no, I I, I, I agree with that completely. And, um, and yeah, it's what I was saying. It's just a lot of these, a lot of these very basic keywords that are already being replaced by featured snippets or by some type of feature on the page, whether it's like a, a knowledge panel or, for example, looking up like time of day in whatever area, um, you're not going to look in, you're not going to look into the search results, right? You're just going to see the answer right there. And so yeah, for those informational keywords, things are already not looking that good, right? There's already a featured snippet for a lot of these informational keywords. Um, so I think it's going to be a slight adjustment in that sense. But yeah, I totally agree with you. If you know how to run a website, if you're doing things um, acknowledging that this might happen in the future, that AI might start to take over some of these keywords, um, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Yeah. You know, I saw one thing that was pretty funny. They said that, uh, you know, the websites that back in the day would answer the question as to like, um, what day, I'm sorry, what time is it? Right. Right. You know, there used to be a website that you had to click on and go look at it and see what time it actually was. Now, yeah, if you yeah. say what time is it to Google, it uh, pops it up right there. And it doesn't even bother going to the other, you know, you never really bother going to the other articles no. because you don't need anything else, any other information. Yeah. So I think in terms of keyword research, it would be wise to not just go after something that has a quick answer, um, but also, you know, maybe the answer is it depends, you know, yeah. <laughs> that way you can give a nice specific answer to the question. But then, you know, naturally someone's going to have to elaborate on it yep. further. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right, cool. So, all right, cool. So let's let's move off of that. Um, yeah, enough AI you, you, talk. Enough. Yeah, exactly. You, you passed the test. You're good. You're, you're fine. All right. <laughs> so um, I know, again, working with clients, um, you see a lot of websites when they're first onboarding yep. with you. Yep. And they're like, hey, I want to increase my traffic. I need new leads. I want this. I want that. Yada, yada, yada. Right. What's the biggest problem you're seeing on these sites from the beginning? And what do you do to improve them? Yeah, I think I think right off the bat, the thing I see the most is is technical issues. Um, people that have built websites without really understanding SEO, without understanding things like uh, a website structure, internal links, um, creating all the essential pages. I think I think that's one of the things that I see the most. And 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 uh, yeah, what I do with that is I just run a quick audit, find all those technical issues, get that done uh, as quick as possible. And then move forward with content, content, content first, get those foundational links um, as soon as possible. And, uh, and yeah, but it, it is interesting how many people um, build websites without really considering SEO. That's why I wish SEO was actually more well-known uh, because yeah. we'd avoid a lot of these really simple problems. Like I see so many businesses where even just a small change, like adding the keywords to the right sections of a blog post, for example, or a landing page, it changes everything, right? It changes, like they'll go from the 88th position to the 14th uh, overnight, just from properly placing things. And it's it's that lack of knowledge that I think is 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 the greatest, um, the thing that I see the most, right? Yeah, yeah. Especially in terms of the technical side of things, because you, you got to remember when we work with clients, 
they're not SEOs, right? They're they they are plumbers, you know, sure. or they oh, are sure. yeah, yeah. you know electricians, and they're like, no, you just handle the SEO or whatever yeah. it happens to be. Yeah. So like technically, you'll you'll so you'll get a site, you'll try to find a whole bunch of technical stuff wrong with it, mm-hmm. probably like cleaning up three hundred ones, four hundred fours, and um, you know, moving the keyword here. Uh, and do you have a particular tool you like to use to run these audits, or do you just kind of have a list that you go by? Yeah, I'll. I'm a big Ahrefs user, um, and I'll start off with a really basic Ahrefs site audit, which will cover most things, unless the website is a, a big, heavy-hitting website. Um, and then for that, I'll use something like Screaming Frog, just to find some yeah. more in-depth things. Um, but yeah, those are the, that's the those are the two main tools I use. Yeah, yeah, that's, and that's pretty standard, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, Ahrefs is like creme de la creme basically of what yeah. you can uh do online i mean it's it's an expensive tool but for what it gives you it's it's outstanding you it's know game changing. and um it's game changing. Yeah, it is, it is game changing and then and then using screaming fraud to look at stuff uh very technically with a site makes sense mm-hmm. so you look at a site technically and you try mm-hmm. to fix all of those glaring things and you can usually get some pretty quick wins once Absolutely. you fix some technical stuff Absolutely. Yeah. um and then you then you set your sites on to content yeah. all right so um Two questions. The first one, uh, let's just say you have a site that tried to do SEO, right? And it's mm-hmm. out there. They have articles that are ranking. Have you ever run into like a well SEO'd article, but it's still not ranking? And what would you do to get it to rank? Yeah, I think in those cases, it's usually an authority issue, right? Um, because mm-hmm. even if you have great content, if you're ranking if or if you're trying to rank against someone like, I don't know, let's say Home Depot or Ikea, uh, you're going to have a hard time, right? Those guys yeah. are those guys have really high domain authority. If you're a brand new website, even though that content is perfect, you need to give it some extra oomph, right? Some extra something. Um, and that's usually in the form of, of backlinks. Backlinks will give it that that push, right? Gotcha. Yeah, no, that, that makes plenty of sense. And then do you do like topical authority and all of that kind of thing, building out, do you build tight silos or is it more just, let's get all the low competition stuff out of the way and just go for it? Yeah, so it, it it will depend a lot on on what stage the site is on, right? If the site hasn't built all the pages that should be covered in a topical map, uh, then we'll cover that first, right? Uh, we'll also try and mix that in with all the low hanging fruit, um, so you get again those quick wins while also hitting that topical map and getting that topical authority. That is so important, right? At the end of the day, um, yeah, I feel like authority. It gets spoken about a lot in the SEO space and usually people are referring to backlinks and link building, but topical authority, uh, it's going to be super important, super important moving forward. I mean, it is already, but it's going to be yeah. more, I think, moving forward. So in terms of topical authority, you're just, like if you were making a site on, or maybe, uh, like we mentioned a plumber before, mm-hmm. you're not you're going to have uh, one, you're not going to have one article that just talks about toilets. You're going to have... 20 articles probably that talks about it to try to get that topical authority. Um, is that the way that you would go about it or would you do something different? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really based off keyword research, right? Just understanding what the, what the space looks like in terms of all the different keywords that are out there. Um, finding all those possibilities where it makes sense to create a page and, and finding the, the possibilities where a keyword should probably just be a section on a page. Right. If I see that, that a keyword belongs uh, or a keyword should have its own page, then then we create that as a page, and and you kind of build that that topical map like that. Um, and yeah. What also, do you do to de- to determine that? So it depends a lot on uh, on the results of the keyword. So if it's like some type of parent topic that has um, that that appears on like multiple keywords. Um, so let's say, all right, let me give you an example. Let's say we're talking about. Uh, plumber in Barcelona, for example, right? So uh, plumber in Barcelona will have a set of results. If you then have um, 24-hour plumber in Barcelona, if that's the same results, then maybe I can ha- maybe I can add the 24-hour as like a section in a specific page where I'm targeting that keyword, right? If the results are different for these different keywords, then it might make sense to create a different page. Um, so that's kind of like a really basic of an analysis of, of what that looks like. Um, the results will basically tell you almost everything you need to know, right? And what Google mm-hmm. is looking for. Yeah, no, that makes plenty of sense um, because you're basically just trying to read Google and mm-hmm. Google will tell you what, what you want to know if you know how to ask it. Yeah. And uh, by Googling two different phrases, 
then you're able to to determine whether there's enough meat on that bone, I guess, that will require a second article versus because you don't you don't want to worry about um, keyword cannibalization. Right. And that that whole that whole mess. So. um, All right. So let's uh, switch gears again. You did mention backlinks. So Mm -hmm. what's your favorite way to get backlinks? Honestly, I've been I've been working with a lot of clients that have um, a pretty long list of customers. So a lot of the clients that I get are service based. And mm-hmm. this was something new that I've been working on. Well, I'm sure people do this often, but it's it's new to me uh, just because I started working with a lot of these service clients where a lot of these businesses are basically recurring services, right? So customers are usually very happy with the service and they'll come back and use that service um, a bunch of times. And so one of the things that I found a lot of success with is reaching out to those clients, right? I think that's yep. one of the greatest difficulties in the SEO, in the link building space is, is trust, right? How many emails do you send before people tell you to just, um, I don't want to say a bad word here. You but know what? You yeah, know. <laughs> before they tell you to, to go away, right? So um, with these clients, you already have that, that trust, right? And, and if you actually have a good relationship with them, then it's super easy to just uh, talk about a possibility of collaboration. Hey, maybe we can do something on your blog. Maybe we can talk about something on our Instagram profile and in some way collaborate. And that I've seen a lot of success with, especially with, with, um, with great businesses, right? I mean, it's, uh, it's easy to say that, but businesses that treat their customers super well, the customers are honestly willing to do almost anything. Um, and, and a blog seems like something that's, that's minute to them, right? It's just a quick blog. Mm-hmm. They, a lot of times also, um, a lot of these clients don't really understand the value of the blog. So like, yeah, well, we can easily set up a blog, a blog post for you guys. Um, it's no worries at all. So I've seen a lot of success with that. And then the standard guest posting, um, that always works, but I am slowly trying to guest post as little as possible in terms of like the generic guest posting of just like getting a massive list of websites, finding those emails, and then and then um, trying to guest post there. Um, I'm trying to find different ways where I don't have to endure sending 5,000 emails and getting six replies, right? <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I'm just exhausted of, of that. Uh, so trying to, trying to be a little bit more creative with it. And, and, and yeah, the customer thing really works. Yeah, that um, that's actually a next level move there uh, with the ne- with uh, going with existing clients. And then if you're already providing top notch service, then exactly. it won't be too much of a stretch, right, to be yeah. able to get a link on their site. Are you worried about relevance at all? Yeah, so obviously there's there's a whole filtering that needs to happen before you do an outreach, right? We're not just co- contacting any clients. Um, we try and see if there's any type of uh, cohesion with the content, with the relevance of the website. And then if there is, then we'll create some type of content that makes sense, right? For that partnership or for that collaboration. Um, but yeah, the relevance is definitely an important topic that we consider before we, we start any, uh, link building process for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you normally see some pretty big gains after you get some good backlinks to a site. Yeah. It's interesting. I wish I could, um, actually I have, I have a video on it on my channel, but there's, this really clear example of how of, of like a direct impact of a backlink. Obviously we can't say direct because there's so many things going on. It's hard. Yeah. It's really hard to know, but I can literally see like the day that a backlink. So there, I think there were three different phases. The first phase was we created content on this specific service page that we launched. Um, and I think it, it ended up ranking like on the eighth page, right? Basically irrelevant. We then improved that content a little bit, resubmitted to Google. That page, I think, bumped up maybe 10 or 15 positions, still kind of irrelevant. We then got a first backlink to that page through this method of reaching out to, I forget, it might've been like a lawyer and we were talking about some type of legal issue for this service client. Um, and then we saw, we saw another spike, right? And this is in the process of like four or five months, right? So we see another spike and it goes up like 30 positions. We're now around, I want to say like second page, maybe bottom of second page. And then we get two or three more links through this method. And we're now on the first page. We're not number one, but I think we're seventh, eighth, maybe, maybe sixth. Um, I don't know exactly. There's a video on it on my channel. Um, but there was nothing else that was happening to those pages. Nothing else. Yeah. And it could be that it was just Google uh, changing how it was seeing that page. Uh, maybe the, the the change of content had some type of late impact. Um, we were also adding internal links, but I think that it was a super direct impact from from that backlink. 
Um, and so, yeah, so we see some pretty significant results. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. I remember you mentioning on that million click case study we mentioned earlier yeah. um, in the in your video where you talked about it, that they didn't do much link building. Yeah, so, so what do you attribute their success to? For sure. Yeah. So this is a, it's a bit of a different client here because these guys, they were big in the fitness space and they had a fitness app. Right. And so right off the bat, these guys, when they came to me, they basically had a website that had already a decent domain authority, but they had no content, no SEO on the website titles, meta description, nothing was done. It was basically an empty website that just had been getting a bunch of backlinks because the app was being shared a lot and it, it was ranking quite well in the app store, right? And so the way I saw it was that it didn't actually need any serious link building. It was already getting naturally, it was already getting a bunch of a bunch of backlinks. What it needed was just content. Content and and properly structuring and organizing the content on the website so that when you start producing content at scale, you don't start accidentally creating a bunch of orphan pages and everything's properly connected. You're building that topical map um, and, and you're targeting all the keywords that, that you should be. And so for this specific example, um, they're now doing link building because they're trying to get to the next level of, yeah. of traffic, right? Because you kind of hit a ceiling um, once, once the content you're producing reaches that uh, that keyword difficulty ceiling. Um, but, but yeah, I think when we got to, when we got to a million clicks, the, there wasn't really any serious link building then, which was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've heard situations. Usually I try to get out of a site before it gets that big, but, um, sometimes, you know, you hear, I've heard people say, yeah, if you want to get, you know, 100, 250 or so thousand page views a month, mm -hmm. you can do that pretty effectively without link building. Yeah. But if you want to get like to, you know, half a million, a million, whether or not you're doing backlinking actively or passively, that's what's contributing to that amount of traffic right. uh, just from Google. So would you agree with that? Or can you yeah, really build I mean, a million clicks a, a month with no active backlinking? I mean, I'm sure you could. I'm sure you could, and I'm sure there's people out there doing it. Uh, but just from thinking about it logically, right, to get to that next level, you're going to have to be targeting bigger keywords. Those bigger keywords have higher difficulties. To get to those higher difficulties, you're going to need some type of help with uh, with your content, right? I think backlinks and link building is is the easiest and the most direct impact that you can have. So, so I want to say, yeah, I want to say to to get to that next level, you need to be doing some type of backlink, some type of link building. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. So um, using that as our kind of a segue to the next point here, yep. um, Google updates. Have you ever ran into um, a client that recently got hit by an update? And if you did, what would you do or suggest to fix it? To be honest, I, I try and run a very, very white hat um, service with my clients. So I haven't seen any crazy... Um, search fluctuations, like a lot of people have, just because again, I, if we do link building, it's super clean. If we do content, obviously the content is super clean. Um, so nothing, nothing too significant. But the main thing with any uh, algorithm update is just to wait, right? A lot of people they'll get hit by something and then they'll just react and they'll just start changing things. And a lot of the times, those changes will come back and they'll kind of revert. Uh, because something that Google takes away, maybe they give back later. It's not super clear. And so the best strategy there is just to wait, give it a few months and see if things go back to normal. Obviously, if they don't, if you got hit seriously, seriously hard, um, then you got to you gotta do a deep dive on the site and, and see see what's causing that. But yeah, unfortunately, I don't have any any examples to give you. Yeah, no worries. I just, I remember, um, I know we keep bringing them up, but Kyle Roof, he was mentioning how usually an, an algorithm update just knocks you back down to where you're supposed to be. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. um. I'm curious though, because I mean, I know we were we talked about AI content before, but yeah. I just thought about this question here. Um, in one of your videos, you mentioned how you know, as long as you use AI content the right way, right? Then, in terms of like having some human intervention or mm -hmm. something in the middle of it to actually infuse it. But I remember you said something specifically. Even following that process, you said this, and I quote: "I think for now." you are going to be on the safe side. Oh, I'm curious. You said that for now. Are you thinking that a Google algorithm update can come out that completely wipes out AI content or something? Man, I don't know. And, and the thing is that I've been asking all of these, um, all these like legendary SEOs. Uh, I spoke to Kyle Roof, spoke to Sam O, uh, Charles Float recently. And I asked these guys the same question. 
what do you guys like do you actually think google can detect ai content and most of them say the same thing that it's going to be really difficult for them to detect ai content right at the end of the day if the content is being edited in some way if it's being reviewed how in the world right unless it's like a really clear pattern that i think a lot of these um ai content detectors can find with like the simpler forms of gpt2 for example and the earlier forms of gpt uh, I think moving forward, since a lot of this technology is going to improve and with, with human editing, I think it's going to be really difficult. I have no, I mean, it's Google, right? So hard to say never, but, um, but are you worried about it? Like, are you, not you right know, now, the thing no. is when it comes to, not right now. sorry. Yeah. Cause when it comes to like, if you're doing, okay, I'll give you an example. Yeah. If I built a niche site back in 2015, there are things that was completely acceptable to do back then that right now is considered black hat, right? So is it possible that, you know, what people are doing with this AI content, Google getting flooded with AI content right now and probably will be as the problem gets quote unquote worse, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Is there a chance that maybe in the near future, Google could be like, you know what, what you were doing there? I know we allowed it then, but it's not good now. And we're going to completely wipe you out. And how do you do that without taking out people who innocently weren't, you know, were or were not using right. it? Yeah, no, it's, a, great it's, question. it's a it's it's hard. It's ah. a great question. Yeah, I don't have the answer to that. But Google's already said explicitly that they're not really uh, for all this low quality content that's being generated. And and I'm not sure I'm not sure if they said it directly or indirectly. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, relating to to AI content generation uh, tools, but. But they're against all this low quality content, right? And and mm-hmm. they've been against it for for some time. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the space changes, uh, to see how these AI content generation tools improve this the actual generation of content, right? GPT four uh, is supposed to be really good. Um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll this, see. Yeah, I agree with you. The space is changing, but it's not going anywhere. No, and that's kind of what yeah. I I surmise kind of when I look gross. at all of this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so look, we're we're getting close to the end of our time here, uh, John. But let me ask you one more question. Um, how big of a deal is Eat? Eat's a big deal. Eat's a big deal. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big believer in Eat. Um, I try and have an author page that's connected to um to any article or piece of content that needs it right if if again you're talking about money finances health anything in legal any any terms um that that have to do with that area of of content um i'm a big believer in it and and trying to demonstrate to google that it's important it's really interesting because uh, i'm not sure if you heard about the recent yandex leak but Obviously, we can't connect both things. And if other SEOs are listening to this, they might throw a fit that I'm even mentioning it. But uh, it's relevant to speak about the fact that inside of Yandex, there were, I think, maybe up to 20 different ranking factors that were specifically uh, created for YMYL websites, right? So your money, your life. Um, And so there's definitely eat inside of Yandex. In some form, right, there's definitely, I think, eat is super important inside of Google as well. Yeah, no, I totally agree with the Yandex leak. It's, uh, you know, I mean, get it, I get it, it's not Google, but we are getting kind of a look into how the sausage is made, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, even if they're accurate by 20%, that's more than what we've been able to guess by doing case studies, right, and trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, um, more than but I just, just Sorry. No, go ahead. No, no, no. I just wanted to say that that it's just you're uncovering another search engine, right? It's not like you're uncovering Jasper AI. You're uncovering a search engine, right? And yeah. You're seeing all the things that's behind there. Again, it's not Google, so we're not going to make any conclusions, but it's so interesting to see how that works. Yeah. And for eat, um, just to be clear, it means um, they added an extra E now, right? So it's experience, expertise, authoritativeness, trustworthiness. Yeah. Um, I know you said you mentioned how you would try to link to uh, resources or something to try mm-hmm, to establish mm-hmm. eat. Um, is there anything else that you do to establish eat? Yeah. So I'm big on, uh, on working with authors that have some type of relevant experience, again, hiring writers, as we spoke about in the start um, and, and showing those writers absolutely everywhere on the website, right? Putting them as part of your about page, uh, yeah. just like your editorial team or whatever you, you want to call it. Um, and then, 
if again, you're talking about those terms uh, or you're in that space, then then have some type of author profile on those pages. Uh, also, yeah, external links or references to anything that's relevant. Honestly, my my thing with, with EAT is I like to, or EAT now, I like to take a look at Healthline and how Healthline is doing things. Those guys have just smashed anything related to EAT. Um, so if you're ever wondering what good EAT looks like, check the Healthline website. Yeah, yeah, and I I like that a lot because uh, you're going to the source. And sometimes, even when I'm working with clients myself, when they're trying to build up their niche sites, um, I tell I, I I make them afraid of places like Healthline, right? Because as soon as you see it in the search, you're like, ah, all right, another keyword, another keyword. Yeah. Um, but I like how you're embracing it and then using them as a guide almost. And if you wanted to know how Eat works, go to the source, right? And that that is Healthline, right? Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's. It's the whole thing of uh, the Google doesn't really hide what works, right? Uh, if something works, it's going to be on the front page. And and even though things can be hacked and things can be altered, there's going to be a reason why things are on the front page. And Healthline is on the front page for hundreds of thousands of, of medical terms. And uh, and yeah, they know what they're doing. They, so it's important to respect it and, and see and see it for what it is. Yeah, and I tell um, one thing I do too is um, kind of using that same thinking of just go to an authority who knows what they're doing and then yeah. copy their success. I do the same thing with affiliates, right? So yeah. if I need to know how to structure a good affiliate page, best believe I'm going to go look for like the top VPN sites and see how they Absolutely. structure the, the top mattress sites and see how they structure their pages because they've poured. I would assume millions of dollars into those pages. Yeah, of course. You know, just so that they can squeeze every ounce of money that can come out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which uh, makes complete sense. Yeah. But um, look, this has been great, man. We, I mean, I love talking shop. I love being nerdy about SEO and blogging and everything. This is awesome. Do you have um, where? Do you have any place that you can send people? Where would you like people to, to connect with you? Yeah, um, yeah. Go check out my my YouTube channel. Um, there's a, a lot of interesting content that's coming soon. And, uh, and yeah, yeah, that's it. All right, cool. Don't, don't have yeah. Else. <laughs> so, so yeah, no worries. So, uh, you said you were, you were on Twitter, right? Are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. Yeah. I'm on Twitter, but I'm not really that active. I should probably be more active. Okay. Yo, YouTube. Twitter as SEO Twitter has been like taken right. over from yeah, what I can popping. see. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, um, be sure to go check out Jama on his YouTube channel, Jama Ross, uh, J-A-U-M-E, and then Ross, R-O-S. I'll be sure to put a link down in the show notes just in case. But um, thanks so much for being on, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate the time. See ya.